Welcome to Lights in the Sky podcast, episode 73, casual chat about uncasual things. I'm Luke. Uh, Tone. And it needs to get closer because it's got new gear. It's going to be a learning curve for both of us. Um, we have new gear and it's it's better than we are. I might go a little bit higher. You what? I'm just oh, a you're bit like, higher. like yeah. prop up on your yeah, chair. A little bit. I'm just, I'm just, I think it's a little bit low. Like, do you want to sit on your phone book? Oh no, I was going to put that on the backup strange book <laughs> there we go yeah um so we're getting there you have another strange book do you <laughs> we probably do with two of them yeah ah. oh <laughs> <laughs> I'm just knocking nearly, nearly knocking knock all that new gear up. off yeah um so we've got some dollars of recording equipment and laptops nearly win <laughs> we've got new gear that we have to get used to because it's better than we are at being podcast gear um so there's microphone techniques we need to adjust and ironing boards we're changing to new heights and um now i'm seated again you, can, you can lower that ironing board if you want to no i think it's good because otherwise the mic will be too low yeah okay maybe i need to put it back on the rubbish bin <laughs> the bin's actually quite full i, I need to empty that <laughs> yeah the mic stand bin um so yeah got new gear if we sound different that's why if our sound is not up to standard that's probably why too it's like i say better than we are i'm gonna try this other book this is um before i <laughs> still propping up the yeah, microphone before i dropped out of university this is my uh one of my geography textbooks somewhere. physical geography and the environment yeah mm, very nice um there we go it's finally useful that book <laughs> <laughs> And it cost me like $400. Yeah, why are university books so I much know. more expensive than regular human books? And when you drop out, there's no point in having it. I guess I could have sold it, but I just Did you didn't. go to university? Messy. Did you? Oh, yeah. like not on campus, though. No. Oh, no, I was going to say. I don't I'm remember I'm still a college you. dropout, though. <laughs> um, I'm toying with going back. A beauty school dropout? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm trying to get work to pay for it. Bit of a bit of business. Oh, yeah. Business degree. But, yeah. Um, yeah. Excellent. Um, so yeah, new gear. That's the first piece of admin. Um, any more admin that you can think of? Um, probably uh, just just to be everyone would be aware, we're going to be relocating studios temporarily. Um, so if you're sending any fan mail in, we just need to make sure it's not coming to the normal studio. It's going to go to the spare bedroom studio. Uh, yeah. So the, the studio will be undergoing renovations in the coming weeks. So we'll be temporarily relocating um which means what for our listeners uh that, our listeners yeah well again the fan mail will need to go <laughs> to um be care of spare bedroom rather than care of study so please be please be mindful with your addressing they can still hear us on itunes and google play of course but just fan mail please <laughs> okay um, good after you know we're back in the studio now after recording from the garage last week with the oh yeah with official, the, the official lits treadmill yeah we um uh last week's episode was recorded with me walking the entire episode on a treadmill raising money for charity how much have you raised now over 200 dollars. nice which is a big deal for me it's a big deal is, is any of the other team actually raised any money yet zero dollars still yeah <laughs> zero dollars from anyone else for god's sake um but i've got um 
Uh, oh, I can see that your levels just peaked. So listen out for that back 10 seconds ago. Okay. Um, I still haven't had a single day where I've gone under the required 10,000 steps. What's uh, been the hardest day for t- you? Today. Today. Today will be the hardest day because my work day's done. We didn't do our usual big walk and I've still got 2,000 steps to do. So I've got to figure out how to do that. Well, maybe there won't be so much editing with the new gear will help you with... um... Yeah, well, also we've got one in the bank, so I don't need to edit tonight at all. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, and it's a little bit lighter. Uh, Daylight saving, Sunday. Yeah. The Sunday, or is it the Saturday? Saturday Saturday night, Saturday night, Sunday. Yeah. Um, So there'll be a lot more daylight. What what are you going to do with your daylight saving? I mean... Are you going to save it or are you going to use it or what are you going to do? Spend it. Spend it? Yeah. Nice. <laughs> nice. I like barbecue equipment or something, yeah. Yeah, that's actually top of my list is barbecue gear. Do you have a barbecue? No, that's why it's top of my list. Oh, good, good. If I had it, why would it be top of my well, list? I, well, that I, barbecue is a very sensitive subject to I me. have a barbecue, but it's very it's not very good. Of course you do. So it's going to be replaced. So again, that's at the top of my list, yet I have a barbecue. So there you go. You can buy my old one off me. <laughs> How much would you expect me to pay for your old five thousand? Five thousand dollars, like a, more more than you bought the car for. <laughs> <laughs> I guess effectively, I gave you a discount on the car, yeah. ratcheting up the price for the barbecue. Which so you should have. I mean, it needed new tires a year after and the I key bought broke. it, and the key broke. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> have you found anything of mine in that car? Well, only point? the stuff you pointed out, like the random. Whatever it was in the in the front right, there's like a form or a flyer or something. Yeah, and there's like a wee Japanese coin or something. In yeah, yeah, that's there. right. But I guess yeah. I didn't put that there. That was there by the by the Japs. I can't say that. Oh, right? see, the last week I said you were racist and then moved on, and you took great offence. And then this week you're saying Japs. Is that an offensive term? For yes. A, is it? Yes. Okay, the Japanese. Racist. That's not racist. They put it there. <laughs> is Japanese a race? Yes. Then racist. <laughs> <laughs> um, I had a, um, speaking of racism, I had a delightful Asian man in slippers come around to my house last night. Generalization? Uh, he knocked the, he backed his lovely people mover up the driveway yeah. and uh, tapped at the door and uh, and he came. I was like, Excuse me? <laughs> all over. All what was over. he doing? Uh, he, he was purchasing some uh, technology from me. Mm-hmm. So what did you sell? The reviews were mixed. So this like was, mixed race. Yeah. Well, he, he was pure. Uh, Whoa! Come he on. He was pure race. <laughs> come on. What? What's wrong with that? You can't do that, Tony. <laughs> Hurry up! Stop right. being so racist. Tell me what this. Um, he bought an iPhone uh, Seven Plus. Are you, was it? Okay, that's racist. <laughs> You thought racist. No, no, that was okay. racist. You thought racist. Yeah, so I, I th- now you're racist. Yeah, just I, as racist as me, but you just didn't vocalise. I think I'm not racist, by the way. Why am I saying I'm racist? I'm not racist. So <laughs> like he bought the phone off me. He yeah. liked it. Of course, you assume because he's buying an iPhone, he's Asian. He was Asian. <laughs> he was an Asian man. Yeah. So I have to say that you tra- assume the the trade me, which is our version of eBay or yeah. Craigslist or whatever. Um, he, yep. the reviews against him we were mixed, and this not mixed race. Mixed don't race. Don't you dare. Don't it you, depend don't on who you, he bought from. Don't you dare come in with us again. Okay. Um, comments were about his language skills. They said that 
one comment was he obviously does not speak English as a first language. Do you remember that time? And I was uh, like, well, that's not me. That's trade. That's that's the reviewer. That's not me. Well, it's kind of you. I didn't say it. I just read it. <laughs> you did say it. If I read something racist, does that make me racist? Yeah. Well, I didn't say it. <laughs> so when he turned up and he completed the deal, I was like, I'm going to give him a good review because he did well. Do you remember that friend of ours who sold a phone on Trade Me years and years ago? And the buyer changed their mind. Mm. And we could generalize and say they assumed the profile of an Asian person and just wrote in the feedback, me no likey phony. <laughs> Do you remember that? No, I don't. That was uh, Patty. Really? Yeah. Years ago. Years like ago. we're talking when we're in that, or when he was in that flat where you guys pulled all the stuff out of the pantry. Oh yeah. That was when we were very drunk. <laughs> A lot of drunkenness. Exactly. And we were going through some turbulent times in our lives and abused alcohol to get us through. Hmm. Came out the other side, though. <laughs> and here we are. Here we are. <laughs> um, so, nine minutes in, shall we jump into your paranormal story? Or do you have um, any other paranormal experiences from this week? Um, I guess the only other thing was I went to the dentist. <laughs> it, just, it just occurred to me that when, uh, when we lead off the show, often I'll say... Has anything paranormal happened this week? Now I've just given up asking and we're just saying, how was the dentist? <laughs> and I found the most the most paranormal thing here was that I haven't seen this guy in like two years, right? Yeah. Because I've been a bit bad with the dentist. Should have, should have seen him more often. I snobbed him, didn't go back. What when, race was he? Uh, the the one that you and I are. Um, oh, then, Italian. <laughs> yeah, fine. <laughs> uh, went back and saw him, felt like we hadn't been apart best friends yeah he was like hi tony and like oh hi ben it's like wow that's really natural it's that's hmm? that's good so not paranormal but just like it's funny how you can you know how these people are just like like a like a stone across a lake just skip across your life you pop and <laughs> see them again and then it's like nothing's changed yeah i guess another another um potential one of those would be doctor you know you just come and go um I've had the same doctor come, my entire come, life. Come and go. That's, yeah. that's the sperm bank. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've had the the same doctor my entire life. That's, oh, I wouldn't like that. Have you had the same doctor since you were a kid? No, uh, obviously not. No, I don't have a doctor. You don't have a doctor? No, I don't like the idea of having a doctor. Do you have like a shaman? Uh, I just, just, just list, if something happens, I will, I will find someone to deal with it. Do you not believe in a shaman? I just don't like the idea of having someone who knows my medical records intimately. <laughs> well, people do. You know, I don't like they the idea exist of that. somewhere. I know they keep saying there's these records. When I got my life insurance changed recently, they were like, "You need your medical records." Yeah, and I'm like, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't want medical records. I don't want people knowing about my medical history. Okay, not that there's, there's anything there. I guess, but if you want health insurance is kind of a thing. I know, but like it's sort of weird. There's like this database on me of all my sicknesses, like me at my weakest. <laughs> is, <laughs> is that is, what this is about? Yeah, it's out there for everyone to know about. Who, who just you know, if I just sign my life away. Hmm. sign my privacy away to some corporation a mechanic that's someone you'd probably only see like you know warrant and service time i don't mind the mechanic i like i like, I like, I like mechanics do you have the same mechanic that you've had for years or do you just shop around like some sort of a mechanic uh, with golfy mcgoldface i'm now going to the same place they were very rude to me to start off with but <laughs> i decided to go back and it's, <laughs> it's, worked, rare. it's worked out okay <laughs> it's rare yeah um the oh, new, that the was the other car, thing i'm with... not sure where to take 
where to go to a year. I, I bought it in uh, Tauramanui in the North Islands. It's a very long way to go back there to take it there. So. That was the other thing with the car that you sold me, the dud, the lemon you sold me. Yeah. Um, I have. Hey, wait. I have to take no. it in on Thursday because of a safety recall notice. Bye, beware, motherfucker. <laughs> Um, the airbag could explode in my face and kill me if I don't take it in for I think, replacing. To be honest, any airbag that's been packed away for more than like 24 months, I'd be nervous about what's going to come out of there when it does explode. <laughs> yeah. Like could brand new airbag, I get it. But like anything over 24 months, like I don't know what sort of state's in that. That's in there. This will be like 18 years old, to my knowledge. <laughs> I mean, surely it doesn't work anyway at 18 years. So, yeah, the airbag would have been, like, just after American Pie 1 came out. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's funny. People might have been listening to, like, um, Flagpole Sitter while they put it in. Oh, that's a good song. <laughs> Harvey Danger? Yeah, that's the yeah, one. Yeah, very good, very good. Um, all right, well, I think... Just imagine, like, a, just a, like it'd just be like a, a pancake of dust will hit you in the face. Yeah, yeah dust cake yeah um let's move on because we still haven't had anything paranormal no we haven't i've been searching for paranormal things and so far i only could think of the dentist so this is the second week back since i presented your three-part series um, um understand there was a bit of a bump bit of a bump people quite like the three-parter yeah we got some really good numbers on the um the three-part abnormal paranormal series that i presented nice do you think <laughs> based on your stories that i presented do you think next time maybe i do it pantsless will that help with the numbers or uh there'll be a bump but not the sort we want (laughs) yeah (laughs) very good so that's a no by the way oh okay do you know what i'm having flashbacks to a couple of things when we first started podding which was 70 odd weeks ago yeah february of last year we were in this very room we were both sitting which now we are because of the new gear it's actually very odd to see you sitting yeah i started standing after a while um the other thing is it was uh summer so it was really hot and i'm starting to sweat because it's so hot (laughs) so i'm having flashbacks when we started which is nice should we open this door do you think or no no that's good that's good I'm saunering it up in here. Yeah, it's good, actually good for us having a bit of a sauna. <laughs> um, people people pay good money for this. Is it a health thing or is it just like a lose weight thing? I thought or? it's like um, some people would like the like the sort of, I guess, the experience for their body. Just the sort of the... Relax and yeah, relaxation yeah, thing. Just sort of chill out and be be, be baked, you know. Like, a, like maybe you're making like, I don't know, oven fries. <laughs> okay, let's human, move into your story. oven fries. Because this is really still not um recoverable (laughs) (laughs) like it's moving from human oven fries yeah um this week is tony's turn to bring a paranormal story to the table so um take it away so from uh i guess the start i'm gonna have to apologize you're welcome no (laughs) no i forgive you uh oh thank you (laughs) it's very easy um it's a repeat what i'm just reading one of the last stories from mike i just i just scrolled through one i'd done before and thought i read that again why would you do that no i didn't do that um this is i guess maybe it's more of an in-depth probe on something i've been interested in that we've mentioned previously so it's not a repeat well we've talked about it before so so it's a repeat it's a repeat oh geez yeah. we're 
73 episodes and we've run out and we've run out <laughs> yeah there's only 73 paranormal events in the history of the planet it was one actually when before we started the podcast i really wanted to cover it and then one day uh it was read out in strange and oh yeah and so you've got the advantage of having that book sitting right here so oh. if you're short you can just pluck one out I, I, excuse me <laughs> and then look at the book all right and then <laughs> you've got a story uh no so this is one i knew of beforehand and it combines oh you uh, claim to you claim to oh, i did you I, claim I, to I know do. of it beforehand and you'll know why i did when i say what it is because um don't talk about me there are a few things i like in this world ufos and aliens are uh, you know that list uh the male body is another one of those things i'm quite <laughs> the male I'm, form yeah i'm quite i'm quite interested in um, do you draw people like uh, one of those french boys <laughs> <laughs> move on move on um other one is aviation so um you also like free beer i do i've noticed and we i may have got some more of that today after <laughs> I, I i i subbed it out last week for a, a different brand but went back to free this week um so this one here is this a, isn't the gigantic walnut and we're literally just starting again no. <laughs> episode one i did read an article today about um, like the five best uh ufo tales from pilots oh yeah that sa- sounds like the sort of article and of the five i had covered four of them brilliant <laughs> i was like oh, that's pretty good i'm pretty it's a good place that. to start yeah, yeah i felt pretty happy with that the, t- the the top something lists are always where i start yeah i always delve into famous such and such five famous things yeah yeah but i actually in, in that article i found out one that i didn't actually know about that i will i can do but actually i think the um the one that we did the um just send it to me past, and I thought next past week. the dc on the starboard side episode yes. that was a really good ufo sign for pilots and it wasn't in that list and i i wasn't happy with that i thought they could have been re uh retallied those votes did you send them a strongly worded email oh, i will no you won't <laughs> no of course i won't <laughs> Uh, so this one here um, is titled uh, The Ghosts of Flight 401. Do you remember this? Yes, this is where one of the planes was parted out yep. and they, the the various aircraft that had parts from this plane used to uh, have sightings of the former pilot. Perfect, that's exactly right. So I remember hearing about this when I was a child and used to like uh, researching air crash investigation type oh, yes. incidents. Fantasy uh, flights, or <laughs> shut up, you. <laughs> um, and kind of been like spooked <laughs> out about you, this. It really threw yeah. you. Um, yeah, no one knows what that means. Move on. And um, then I watched the uh, Mayday, uh, aka Air Crash Investigation episode of this crash. Yes. And they talked about the fantasy flights. No, 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 no. <laughs> Just you know, chill. <laughs> cut it out please carry on um they they talked about this bizarre happening of this haunting of of, of these aircraft and which is really unusual for a uh, you know black and white factual based show like air crash investigation aka mayday to talk about so i thought i'm actually do some proper research on this and find out more <laughs> about what actually happened for a change than, yeah rather than just hearing all these sort of anecdotal tales about it so um, anecdotal 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 this is where you need to see a doctor Antidotal. To see what he's You know I can't. About. You know that I do struggle with pronouncing words. And and pronunciation. It's called. Yeah. And <laughs> so antidotal. Anecdotal. There was one last week that I can't remember either. That I couldn't say. Yeah. Yeah. There's a few of them. I've actually. I, I used to think I had quite a good grasp of the English language. I realised actually I can't speak. Pardon. I didn't understand a word of that. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> this new mic's made you a real dick. Yeah. Turn me into a smart ass. Yeah. Go. 
go. <laughs> <laughs> the mood on the four-month-old... Oh, that's a shame. Lockheed Elton Levin TriStar uh, in 310EA was a beat. Hmm. Good way to start, Dale. After you just sort of just harassed me for the way I pronounce words. I'm sitting back here and enjoying. Yeah, you can tell because the mic captures you far away. 163 passengers and 13 crew members were looking forward to enjoying New Year in the Florida sunshine. So this was uh, 1972, just in, yep. rounding when, out December 1972. Just when the world was burnt orange and beige. Mm-hmm. It'd be winter time. Be like, look, New Year's heading down to Miami. I'm going to Miami. It's a song. Come on. Some terrible pop song. (laughs) The flight from JFK had been uneventful, but as the crew prepared for landing, the first in a chain of events occurred which would eventually lead to the loss of 101 lives. Were they Dalmatians? Uh, It doesn't actually say. I'll read on, see if it clarifies it. Uh, First Officer Albert Stock. Still. Yep. What? I keep thinking. Go again. Go again on that. First officer Albert. I keep thinking of stock footage when I saw. (laughs) First officer Albert Stockstill was instructed to lower the landing gear. Alarmingly, the crew noticed that not all of the wheel indicator lights had turned green. So, uh, when you lowered landing gear, a common command is down three green, showing that the light that says the nose and the two main wheels are down. Gotcha. Uh, But no, the nose wheel was was not showing up green. Captain Robert, or Bob Loft, believed that it was just a faulty light bulb. So flight engineer Donald, Don, Repo, went down into the avionics bay, uh, or the hell hole, as it was referred. I don't know where that came from. That's Mm -hmm. quite a miserable name for a workplace. I reckon it probably is from, like, Bally Gunners. Haven't seen it. (laughs) It's not a movie. (laughs) It's those um, those bombers in the in World War where they had the little bubble with yeah, a man in it and a machine gun. Haven't seen it. All haven't right. seen it. <laughs> haven't seen. It just sounded World, like. Haven't seen World War Two. Belly Gunner sounded like a spoof movie of like um, like a Top Gun spoof sort of thing. There is a movie called The Belly Gunner. It's a short film where uh, someone gets stuck and the landing gear doesn't come down. And they no, use, this happened here. They, they, <laughs> <laughs> but the it's kind of a. Um, a whimsical movie where the guy draws a cartoon landing gear and then um, imagines and wishes for this uh, cartoon landing gear to come down and it does and the plane lands safely i don't think that would have worked here oh but they probably didn't try it no i bet you they didn't try it they didn't try it let's read on and see if they tried it it. (laughs) yeah uh so the hellhole or belly gunner Yeah, situated below the flight deck to visually check if the gear was down. As the pilots attempted to resolve the issue, they failed to notice that the autopilot had disengaged and they were now slowly descending towards the Florida Everglades. Nearly didn't say that word right. (laughs) That's fine. So back in the day on this plane when they were flying in the sky on that day, in that Mm. evening. Yes. When the autopilot disengaged, it made a noise like this. Uh, I, I remember this from the last time we touched on it. Pong. It was a really quiet wee chime. Yeah, like a call bell from, you know, a attendant. That's right. Which could easily be um, mistaken for that. And 
these days when you disengage the oil apart it goes like you know like a demented how much waterfowl a, or something like that how much of a trip would be on autopilot 95 plus percent yeah really yeah so would that noise be going off is a takeoff and landing that's not autopilot uh so you'll take off you'll put it on i was in the flight deck the other day actually quite quite fun for old ton here so mm-hmm. took off and like as soon as we lifted off the ground uh i think passing through about 600 feet yeah autopilot went on okay and then it was, so was it that was, alarm going that the time like until no, the only end? when it disengages oh okay so if it, if you um so when you disengage if you hit the um control column or the the steering wheel of the plane mm. it'll disengage because oh, you yep. may need to take evasive an evasive action and um if you did that you can then get control back but it warns you that it's happened whereas these guys bumped it yeah but it went dong, well that was all they needed mm. Pretty much for design flaw, really. He could have like bumped it when he coughed or and that's passed the thing. gas. It was so easy. Oh, gas. He could have just been, yeah, yeah, and then yeah. You could have go for a, you know for a scratchy, and then <laughs> it just pops off. And the, the the minor chime, you never know. So yeah, carry on. So unfortunately, uh, to let everyone know, the TriStar slammed into the swamp just outside of Miami. Many of the passengers were killed instantly. Uh, pass- oh, passengers, not Dalmatians. Oh, Dalmatian passengers. Still, it's worth the jury. Where they were from. The jury's still out on that. Okay. Uh, First officer Stockstill died upon impact, while both um, Repo, who was the flight engineer, and Loft, who was the captain, survived the initial crash. However, later succumbed to their injuries. Oh, jeez. Uh, the investigation into the crash cited pilot error as the main cause. Uh, I think it was a bit of the fact that it was poor crew resource management everyone was focusing on the one problem of resolving this um light bulb no one actually flew the plane so dan mm. dan <laughs> Dan. where did he fit in damn <laughs> anyway uh the crew failed to monitor the altitude as they tried in vain to deal with the undercarriage problem although the majority of uh n310 ea which was the effectively the it's like the registration of the plane or your like the license plate, license plate number yep. was destroyed certain parts such as avionics and galley equipment were salvaged from the crash site returned to the manufacturer lockheed and overhauled to help relieve equipment shortages on lockheed's production line the majority of this equipment was fitted into easton's l1011 tristar n318 ea while it was being assembled in Palmdale. As the weeks and months passed, strange goings-on began to occur. Right, so here we go. We're going to get into some of these ghostly tales now. Go for it. Go for it. Thank you. Uh, clear for takeoff, would you say? Just go. I <laughs> know no, you. Clear for takeoff. Clear for takeoff. Thank you. With your fantasy flight. <laughs> uh so sitting here is uh, John F. Kennedy Airport in 1973 and an Eastern Airlines TriStar was boarding for its flight down to Miami. Travelling that morning in first class was one of the airline's vice presidents. As the VP took his seat, he struck up a chat with a captain in full uniform. During the conversation, he suddenly realised he was speaking to the late Bob Loft. The, right. the apparition quickly disappeared and the vice president rushed off to find a crew member terrified that it could be an omen that something would happen to this aircraft wow Mm. a few months later a crew boarding the same aircraft were surprised to see loft already sat in the flight deck they apparently chatted to the ghost not realizing who he was before he vanished right before their eyes 
the flight was later cancelled as the crew were too shaken to operate. <laughs> yeah. That's juicy stuff. I mean, what do you say to the passengers with your, your announcement? Flight's cancelled because, you know... I've seen a ghost. Dead pilot freaked out the crew and <laughs> yeah. shit themselves. Yeah. Because uh, yeah. the pilot briefly wasn't alive. Yeah. <laughs> briefly? Yeah. Yeah. Um, another encounter uh, on the flight deck involved a flight engineer who arrived in the cockpit... Don't you laugh? And was stunned to see an Eastern second officer already sat in his seat. He immediately recognised him as Don Repo, and the apparition said to him, You don't need to worry about the pre-flight. I've already done it. Before disappearing. (sighs) Some weeks later, another captain was checking the instruments before a flight from Miami to Atlanta. Staring him right in the face was the unmistakable outline of Repo's face. Now, I can't quite get this. I imagine, like, he's looking at the instrument panel and, like, the face is looking back at him, like, from the instrument panel or through the instrument panel. Right. Um, That's a bit weird. The captain claimed he distinctly heard the words, There will never be another crash of an L-1011. We will not let it happen. Whoa. Yeah. That's heavy. That's heavy. You could just like, well, get pissed on this flight. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Just don't really pay attention to what you're doing. Mm. <laughs> Ghost of flying the plane. Uh, during a flight from Atlanta to Miami on board the, uh, the troublesome N318EA, the flight deck crew were enjoying their meal. Oh, that's good, isn't it? Yeah. What do you think they'll have? They really do. I think I might have asked before. They have separate meals, right? They, they, they They're have. not allowed the same dish. <clears throat> and they have delicious meals. Yes. <laughs> Uh, and as they cruised at 39,000 feet, there was a loud knocking coming from the uh, the hellhole or whatever the, the name you called it. <laughs> the belly gunner. The belly gunner. By now, the ghostly stories had been circulating around the company and the crew were reluctant to take a peek. But the knocking continued and as the flight engineer opened the hatch, he was horrified to see the face of Repo staring back at him. This was where the engineer had been when Flight 401 had crashed into the Everglades. Wow. It's a bit rude of Repo's ghost to do that, though. They're just trying to do their job and have their delicious meal. <laughs> they get freaked out. Do they, does like the senior pilot get first pick? Um, I reckon they probably would. I, I, know, I know on some airlines that uh, they, will, they will cater to a certain meal. You can choose what you want. In oh, really? Yeah. But no, no, what I'm saying is, so there's a... A skipper and a first mate. Does the skipper be, uh, does the skipper get to go dibsies? I'm having the steak, and then the other one's like, "Damn, I got to choose something else." Um, no, normally they're just um, like they just serve like the business class meals from. Yeah, but the but what I'm saying is they're not allowed the same one. I think that's urban legend. Oh, so that's not true. No, I think it's urban legend. Didn't you just say it was true? I don't think so. Yeah, maybe I wasn't really paying attention. <laughs> Okay, moving on. I think they, it's sort of, I think I said they can enjoy their meals. I think that was sort of a thing where that, something, maybe some airlines in the day said no, but. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But then again, I'm maybe. I'm a little bit disappointed. Uh, I thought that was a fun fact. Yeah. Seems like a really urban legend to me. Yeah. It does strike me that I probably heard it on some, you won't believe, fact number 13 on this something college humor list yeah like a free buzzfeed list (laughs) of of facts you didn't know about aircraft exactly but it wasn't just flight crews who saw the ghostly going ons um on one occasion several caterers loading here you you go perfect for you Mm. airline meals yeah several caterers loading the separate meals for the 
first officer and captain and flight engineer. No, that Which the captain dibs first. <laughs> yeah. for, uh, for its next flight, we're seen rushing off the jet and refused to get back on. When they asked why, they all stated they had seen a flight engineer stood in the Ford galley before vanishing. Passengers also reported strange occurrences. A woman sat next to an eastern pilot who she said looked ill. Called a flight attendant over for the uh, called called a flight attendant over only for the pilot to disappear. Another passenger summoned a crew member as she was concerned about the unresponsive pilot sat next to her. Uh, the man once again disappeared, leaving the passenger hysterical. This doesn't seem very productive. Not really. No. No. What would it take for you to want to move out of your house, like paranormal wise? If you saw a ghost, would you be like, that's it? Or I don't think so. I'd be intrigued. I'd want to get more. I think it would have to be um, some sort of, maybe when the ghost gets nasty. nasty. Uh, you were going to say that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's a sort of vengeful haunting going on. <laughs> I wouldn't be too fussed on that. Okay. Like, it'd be nice to have a ghost in the house. Really? Yeah, a bit of company. What if it was just like... Me pretending to be a ghost, like I was here in whiteface, you'd like that, you're racist. And then, um, <laughs> and and I was just like moving stuff or whatever. Like, how how ghostly would I have to be? I'm not even going to go down this. Or if it was me you've just with like a sheet. You've insulted me. Me with like a sheet with like Oh, holes. yeah, like, yeah, like KKK, I get Oh, it. wow, you hey, went there. you the one who started this. <laughs> Um, so after these incidents, both passengers were shown pictures of the deceased 401 flight crew and they identified Don Repo as the crew member they had seen. So this guy, Repo, seems to be a bit of a prankster. He's getting around. He is. He's in He's in the hellhole. He's in the <laughs> flight instruments. He's scaring passengers. Yeah. But then one incident changed everything. Uh, flight attendant Faye Merriweather. That's a nice last name, isn't mm. it? Yeah. Mm. Sounds like, yeah. It's like, when, like, they're like the weather now. It's very merry. Gorgeous. Uh, did I mention daylight saving? Carry on. Do you ever want to buy a barbecue? <laughs> no? We'll come back to it. Uh, Faye Merriweather was in the galley preparing meals. Uh, it doesn't say whether it was separate for the captain, first officer, but there's an opportunity to ask. Uh, as she reached for the handle of the oven door, here we go again. She was horrified to see the face of Don Repo staring back at her. He's in the oven now. He's been in the flight instruments. Now he's in the oven. <laughs> um, okay. She briskly made her way to the front to get another flight attendant uh, and the flight engineer to come with her to take a look. It's very professional. Handled as well. Sure enough, when they returned, Repo's face still stared out from the oven. Although now it looked like he was trying to say something. All three clearly heard the apparition... Apparition mutter the words watch out for fire on this plane what the flight <laughs> reached its destination safely but on the return leg as the tristar climbed out the engine failed and backfired several times it was quickly shut down before it caught fire and they returned to the airport wow no one was no one was hurt during the incident but the crew were understandably very shaken after what they had seen in the oven <laughs> what the they were having the same meal yeah it's shocking probably shouldn't be eating um the deceased head of the uh <laughs> flight engineer no yeah i want to clean the oven out 
Uh, as the sightings became more and more frequent, rumours circulated that pilots and crew refused to fly on the L-1011s that had the parts from the doomed jet fitted. Wow. Paranormal investigators, investigators requested to be allowed on board the aircraft. However, Easton continually refused. An account of the paranormal happenings even appeared in a 1974 US Flight Safety Foundation newsletter, which commented, The reports were given by experienced and trustworthy pilots and crew. We consider them significant. The appearance of the dead flight engineer was confirmed by another flight engineer who knew the deceased well. John G. Fuller, the best-selling author of The Ghost of Flight 401, carried out an exhaustive investigation into the hauntings with the aid of several cautious airline personnel. A mass of compelling testimony was produced as a result. Fuller's book was later made into a TV movie. I'm going to watch that. It's on YouTube. Is it? Yeah. The whole thing? Yeah, whole thing. Must be good then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> actually, when I looked at the IMDb ratings, it was actually didn't didn't do too badly. You know I'm on IMDb. I, I, I recall. Can, mm. Do you want to share where you are? No. If you want to find you? Yeah, no. No. I forget what it was again. Yeah. Just. Uh, which movie was that? I can't remember. <laughs> Great. I'm on this IMDb. Is, this is thrilling. Um, <laughs> you asked. I don't have the answer. What do you want from me? <laughs> I thought, you know, you, you, it's like you're like on 100 IMDb pages. One. You're on the one. I think you'd know the one. Um, I've made so many films. You have. You, you, <laughs> you have. Airline employees were spreading stories of apparitions to the point where Eastern Airlines management warned employees that they would face dismissal if caught and any log book entries about such matters would be removed. Eastern CEO, former Apollo astronaut Frank Borman. Remember Frank Borman? Nope. Went around the moon. I think it was one of the, the first. Went around the moon. First to go around the moon? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. Sweet. Carry Stand on. More than we have. <laughs> Uh, called it a bunch of crap. Well, I also haven't been on the moon. No. Well, yeah, he was around the moon. <laughs> still alive, by the way. Still alive. I looked it up. Same. Yeah. We've got so much like in common. Nine, he's like 92. We've got so much in common. We're both alive and neither of us has been on the moon. Yeah. Well, he's 92 and you're 33, so a few years to catch up. Mm. Still. I'm not going to catch up. Catch up. I'm not going to catch up No, like, no, no in person. Like, have a nice, have a, have a you know, have a... Oh. <laughs> A chamomile tea or something with them. Well, I don't you know, mean I've got to like hurry up and age so that we can both be ninety three? No, <laughs> speed up this aging process. So Frank Borman uh, called it all a bunch of crap and considered suing the producers of the nineteen seventy eight made for TV movie about the ghost stories for libel. Available on Netflix. Mm. I mean YouTube. YouTube. <laughs> Not Netflix. Now they might sue us because we've we've told them where people can get this free link. Why would they sue us? I don't know. We didn't upload it. Maybe they think we did. Well, we're promoting it. I Are didn't. we allowed to promote it? Probably can't promote but it. But we didn't. Don't. Okay. Well, this is this podcast no longer endorses the 1978 made for TV movie of the same name as the story that I'm talking about. That's on YouTube. As you were. But I haven't seen it yet, which I will watch. I really wish I could remember the name of the thing I'm on IMDb. Don't think for. about it. We'll come back to it. Yeah. Come back to it. It's like it's like a like a test. Come back to it at the end. Uh, right. Lofts. Rising widow. tide. Rising tide. Rising tide. Yeah, I think I've got an album in here called The Rising Tide. The Rising Tide? It's in there somewhere. A stack of old I think old it's a Mike CDs. Shinoda album. <laughs> I've never heard of that. Anyway, it's probably not important. That's Fort Minor. Yeah, that's yeah, exactly. Um, that's what he did. 
He, it was a side project. Fort Minor? Yeah, I think it's called The Rising Tide. Yeah, it's called The Rising Tide. There uh, you go. Is it on IMDb? Uh, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> I liked that album back in the day. Oh. Go. It's getting sweaty in it here. It is getting hot and sweaty. It's getting sweaty and I'm getting stinky. Uh, did I say about Loft's Widow sued the guy? I can't remember. Loft's Widow and Children <laughs> did sue Fuller for... Inf- hey, I don't think I said that. Loft's Widow and Children did sue Fuller for infringement of Loft's right of privacy... For invasion of privacy and for intentional infliction of emotional distress, but the lawsuit was dismissed. The ghosts of Loft and Repo were apparently seen by more than uh, on, on more than twenty occasions by crew members on other Eastern Tristars, especially those planes which had been fitted with parts salvaged from the Flight 401 wreckage. The apparitions of Loft and Repo were invariably described as being extremely lifelike, which is, I guess, what people thought they were. Real, real pilots, real crew. Yeah. Apart from when they're in the ovens. Oh. All of the salvage parts from 401 were later removed from the suspect jets, after which the ghosts of Bob Loft and Don Repo were not seen again. And their haunting words to protect Easton's L-1011 fleet came true. In the years after the crash, until the airline's closure in 1991, there were no other fatal crashes on the TriStar fleet. Perhaps the spirits or energies of the men simply refuse to move on from our realm of existence. Maybe the salvaged pieces of the Flight 401's wreckage also contain the final energies of the crew. Perhaps they carried with them a sense of guilt. It is certainly a unique case and one of the better documented cases of the existence of something beyond death. We can only imagine how many more accounts might be on the record, if not for the eventual ban by Eastern Airlines on any of their employees speaking publicly of their sightings. Got a bit of a profound way to end this. Go on then. Got an Edgar Allan Poe quote. Oh, that's so profound. I know. Mm. So Edgar famously said about the story, Mm. I believe. Go on. (laughs) Maybe not, but we'll, we'll claim it. Yeah. The boundaries between life and death are at best shadowy and vague who shall say where one ends and where the other begins me oh wait oh, no i wasn't asking it's rhetorical. Oh, sorry i thought it's it was a, a question at yeah, the yeah, end yeah of no, no 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 there's no question it was a rhetorical question so okay. please don't answer that oh you ruined it now <laughs> um you then oh no edgar maybe did no he no he was posing he the asked the question he asked the question yeah i answered it you answered the question what was your answer again me me you. You. Yeah. <laughs> Do you want to move on to Strange? <laughs> I think we're going to get through this. Moving on to the final segment of the show. Um, this is where we take the 1982 Reader's Digest version of Mysteries of the Unexplained. I'll flick to a random page. Tony will tell me when to stop and I'll read one of the paranormal stories on the page we land on. This is the segment we call Get Me Some Strange. And hopefully we don't uh, land on the Ghosts of Eastern 401 again. That'd be... (laughs) We've already already repeated it once. Flicking. Stop. The Ghost of Eastern 401. (gasps) Oh my god. (laughs) No, this is a spectral incursion. Oh, it's quite a good one. It's quite a good one. Thank you. (laughs) You did well. You've done well with your flicking. Um... Again, this might be from when we, bef- 
from prior to uh, marking these things. So because right. we we didn't mark them, then we marked them, then we lost the markers. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And then we found the markers, and then we started. Marking. And now we're marking them again. Um, let me know if you think this is. I know we definitely have had that one. I'll okay. keep going. It's, it's off to a bad start. Yeah. Um, finding another page. Yep. That's really long. That's like three pages long. <laughs> this one's called The Baron's Banshee. Oh, okay. Among Gaelic people. Oh, excuse me. Banshees, female, guardian spirits. It's <laughs> really weird spacing on this. It's like banshees, female guardian spirits. Oh, right. It makes more sense now. Have been well known for centuries. A banshee will attach herself to a person or family, watch over them during their life, and foretell an Im- imminent death by shrieking, crying, and wailing. You had a short term thing with a banshee, didn't you? Was that you or somebody else? Such is the case with the Rossmore Banshee oh, of, the, talk about it of County Monaghan, Ireland. Her terrible wailing was first heard in 1801. That's why it ended with you two, isn't it? The terrible wailing. Um, yeah, I didn't believe in wailing. I think it's cruel to whales. She was a Japanese, wasn't she? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> uh. We're back. We're back. <laughs> When General Robert Cunningham, the first Baron Rossmore, lay dying, William Rossmore, the sixth Baron, described the original appearance of the Banshee, a story passed down through the family over the years. Robert Rossmore was on terms of great friendship with Sir Jonah and Lady Barrington, and once they met at That's Dublin, a better way of saying BFFs. Once they met at a Dublin drawing room, Rossmore persuaded the Barringtons to come over the next day to Mount Kennedy, where he was then living. As the invited guests proposed to rise early, they retired to bed in good time and slept soundly until two o'clock in the morning, when Sir Jonah was awakened by a wild and plaintive plaintive cry. Plaintive. 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 How many more times do you want to say? Plaintiff. He lost no time in rousing his wife, and the scared couple got up and opened the window, which looked over the grass plot beneath. It was a moonlit night, and the objects around the house were easily discernible, but there was nothing to be seen in the direction whence the airy sound proceeded. Like it. Now thoroughly frightened, Lady Barrington called her maid, who straight away would not listen or look, and fled in terror to the servants' quarters. The uncanny noise continued for about half an hour when it suddenly ceased. All at once, a weird cry of Rossmore, Rossmore, Rossmore was heard, and then all was still. The Barringtons looked at each other in dismay and were utterly bewildered as to what the cry could mean. They decided, however, not to mention the incident at Mount Kennedy and returned to bed in the hope of resuming their broken slumbers. They were not left long undisturbed, for at seven o'clock, they were awakened by a loud knocking at the bedroom door, and Sir Jonah's servant, lawyer, entered the room. Lawyer? You don't see many people called lawyer these you days. You don't. His face was white with terror. What's the matter? What's the matter? asked Sir Jonah. Is anyone dead? Huh? It's an abrupt question. It is. He clearly did it, otherwise you wouldn't know to ask that question. That's right. Oh, sir, answered the man. Lord Rossmore's footman has just gone by in great haste, and he told me that my lord, after coming from the castle, had gone to bed in perfect health 
but that about half past two this morning his own man hearing a noise in his master's room went to him and found him in the agonies of death and before he could alarm I wish people still spoke like this and before (laughs) before he could alarm the servants his lordship was dead (gasps) shrieking and wailing and crying rossmore rossmore the banshee has announced the death of every rossmore heir since then including that of the sixth baron Ah. who died in 1958 the end hurrah don't say hurrah these are people that are dying enjoying this tale i enjoyed it a lot goodness you you did very well with that i enjoyed it thank you anything else to add for this week i think we've done all right so Um, it's the first episode with the recording gear be interested to hear the uh the feedback yeah um, hopefully there's no feedback. That's why we. Oh, have now I understand. Yeah, we that's why we got the new gear. Yeah, with the feedback to reduce the feedback. Um, on that note, then we will call that another episode of Lights in the Sky podcast. Join us next week. Toodaloo.